Hey kids, it's time for another Just Another Fanboy Classic episode. This week, we have episode number 20, which was originally released on Wednesday, January the 10th, 2007. And it's the episode in which I debuted a thrilling roller coaster ride of a segment called 30 Seconds of Nonsense. But before we get into it, don't forget to use the new Just Another Fanboy voice line. You can text me or call and leave a voicemail at 785-318-6673. That number will be in the show notes. Just, you know, don't forget to do that. Enjoy the show. Okay, I don't know why I said it like that. It's like I'm very, very upset at everybody. I'm just disappointed in every single person out there. Enjoy the show. Please, please enjoy the show. I mean, you don't have to enjoy the show. It's really up to you. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Am I right? Okay, I mean, I'm going to stop. I really am. I promise. Just text me. Text me a little a little thing and I'll, and I'll, and I'll read it probably more than likely. I will. Enjoy the show. You're listening to Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that likes to be scratched behind the ears. Just Another Fanboy is a Lynx Broadcasting production. Lynx, like the cat, meow. Just like a comic book! 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 Welcome to episode number 20 of Just Another Fanboy. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, January 9th, 2007, and wants nothing more out of life than a big stack of comics and the love of its family. Hey, howdy, hey, I'm your host, Steven, and Jimmy Dean Dandy, do I have a great big bunch of stuff for you this week. Oh, don't lie to the people. (laughs) I'm not lying. You're lying straight out your teeth, up through your nose, right past your ears, and out past that unruly mop of red scrub you call hair. Be nice now. What? No, why should I be nice to you? Because I still owe you one from last week, and you haven't a clue when and where it's going to come. Oh, well, okay, you made your point. Move along. Thank you. I do have one announcement this week. The Just Another Fanboy message board is officially closed. But have no fear, dear listener. You can find us now at our new separate forum at the GeekSpeak boards over at cgspodcast.com slash forum. Just make your way to the bottom of the list of podcasts and you'll find us. The link will soon be up on the Just Another Fanboy official site at justanotherfanboy.com. But hey, let's get on with the show already. Listener's Feedback. Now, knock it off already. What? You know darn well you ain't got no listener's feedback this week. Oh. Ain't nobody written in. Ain't nobody called the voice line. Come on. So I don't want to hear any of this sad, weepy, the fat man, oh. sad, blippity, bloppity, bloopity. Come on. What, may, maybe the voice line's just broken or something. Whatever. You know the voice line ain't broken. I know it's not broken. I called it just myself earlier today. You did? That's right, I did. And there ain't nothing wrong with it. Now, granted, the first time I called, it, it, it rang once, and then I got a busy signal. But then I hung up, and I called back about 20 minutes later, and I got through. Well, did, 
Did you leave me a voicemail? Well, I was gonna, but you know, dang, man, I got better things to do with my time. But besides, a possum got into the trailer that uh, that, that Gary and I share together, and a possum? we had to wrangle it. A possum? Y- yes, a possum. Uh, I'll talk about it next week. That's not the point. The point is, I did not leave you a voicemail. Well, come on, man. It's, I just, you know, I just wish somebody would. You know, I just, I just feel, I just need some love, man. You know, I just, I'm just saying that if I could just have a snap out of it, man. Good oh. Lord, you are a grown man and you are crying on your podcast. Oh. Just, you go on. Just give me a and break. Just go somewhere. If you gotta cry, just go okay. leave and go have a good cry. I, oh. I will, I, I will take over from You'll here. Take over. I'll take over. Okay. And, uh, okay. You can come back and do the news, but I'll take, okay, just okay. go. Go. Okay, thank you. <sighs> <clears throat> okay, then. News and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. I love you, man. Oh, shut up. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by the fine folks at Protracted Home Loans, the fully automated loan system where you can be approved for your home loan right over the phone. Yes. Here at the Protracted Loans, we feel that everyone, regardless of credit history, deserves to live in a nice home, and we are here to provide that. Our loan application system is simple and painless and can be done completely over the phone. Just call 1-800-555-5757, then wait for the recording, then press star, then 578, then star, then wait for the recording. From there, press the pound key, then wait for the tone, then press star 839 star 98 pound star 43 star star 720 pound star pound 456785 pound 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 star 59032 star 8 star 8 star Eight pound four two star four two then star again and then wait for the recording system to take your name and phone number. From there, just wait for the next available operator to call you at your home within the next three hundred and sixty five days to tell you that you are approved for the loan amount of your choosing. Because frankly, if you've gone through all of that, then you deserve a home loan. Protracted Home Loans, making your life simple by making you jump through hoops. Xenoscope Entertainment, the publishers of Grim Fairy Tales and the wildly successful Seven, will be debuting Grim Fairy Tales Presents Return to Wonderland this May. The series will kick off with a special 99-cent zero issue. Number one is set to release in July. Raven Gregory, writer of The Gift and Seven, will be penning the tale. I always love the dark nature of fairy tales, says Gregory. That sense of a moral lesson wrapped up in a horror movie. Just waiting for the big bad wolf to jump out at you from around the next corner. With Return to Wonderland, we wanted to rip off the pretty bow and cute wrapping paper and reveal the real meat of the beast. But we still wanted to pay homage to the f- and follow up on the events of the original. Simply put, this story is going to blow people away, explains Xenoscope VP Ralph Tedesco. From concept to finished script, this series is nothing short of an intense and emotional thrill ride. Raven was asked to step to the plate on this, and he smashed it out of the park. I truly believe this series will show comic book fans that Raven Gregory easily deserves being mentioned as one of the best young writers of the industry. 
The 99 cent issue will have five pages of original story, character sketches, and other bonus material. It features a cover by Grim Fairy Tales cover artist Al Rio. Please visit www.xenoscope.com for more details. Interactive entertainment pioneer Telltale Inc. has continued its drive for unique and compelling gaming experiences with the delivery of the second episode in the innovative Sam and Max series. Canine Seamus Sam and his rabbity thing sidekick Max, the freelance police, are back on the case in their new episode entitled Situation Comedy, which Telltale is now distributing to customers worldwide from telltalegames.com. Situation Comedy takes Sam and Max into the daunting world of broadcast television and the even more daunting talons of talk show host Myra Stump. Telltale is on track for delivering the remaining four episodes of Sam and Max Season 1 each month through this spring. Game designer Dave Grossman says of his, his ongoing work on the Sam and Max series, I follow Sam and Max around to get material, which has been great, although sometimes it's hard to keep up with them while they're chasing down a suspect. Last week I got a leg cramp, and by the time I caught up, they'd already gotten the guy to confess to littering, jaywalking, and insider trading just by whistling the theme from the Andy Griffith show over and over. Each Sam and Max episode will debut exclusively on GameTap, with Sam and Max Episode 3, The Mole, The Mob, and The Meatball, coming next on January 25th. On February 8th, 15 days after the GameTap premiere, this episode becomes available for purchase from TelltaleGames.com. Sam and Max Episode 4, titled Abe Lincoln Must Die, and Sam and Max Episode 5, Reality 2.0, will begin distribution in the following months. While each installment features a self-contained story, the episodes also reveal clues about an insidious foe that will challenge the crime-fighting duo as never before in a truly out-of-this-world season finale. The title of the season's epic concluding episode will be revealed in the coming months. The first Sam and Max episode has received high praise from reviewers and fans alike, singled out as one of the best and funniest games of the year by sources ranging from the New York Times, Yahoo, and Wired to IGN and GameSpot. 1UP.com calls Sam and Max Sam and Max Gaming's first sitcom and says it's arguably the first series to merit the term episodic. Situation Comedy sells for $8.95 individually or for $34.95 as part of the Season 1 collection. For those, of, for those who have already purchased the single episode of Sam and Max and now wish to get the full season package, Telltale has created an upgrade path. Customers can simply pay the difference between the $8.95 single episode price and the $34.95 full season price in order to get all six episodes of the series as they become available. At the end of the season, these full season purchases purchasers can choose to receive a season one CD containing all six episodes for only the cost of shipping and handling. Additional information about the full season upgrade is available on Telltale's website at telltalegames.com slash store slash season one dash upgrade. Customers who have previously purchased the season collection can access all available Sam and Max episodes by following the instructions at telltalegames.com slash Sam and Max slash season activation. Ooh, that was a long story. In an update to the shipping dates of their January-February titles at their website, Marvel has officially moved the in-store date of Civil War No. 7 to February 21st, 2007, and fandom doesn't really care. The new date is a move from the previously announced in-store date of January 31st, 2007, and again, fandom just doesn't care. 
It's unknown at this time if Civil War seven, number 7's delay will result in other titles being pushed back as well. Previously, both Amazing Spider-Man number 538 and Fantastic Four number 543 were due to be released on January 31st, along with number 7, while Captain America number 25, which is set after the conclusion of Civil War, is now slated to be in stores on March 7th. Currently, Civil War Frontline is scheduled to be in stores on February 21st as well, but that is the issue's originally solicited in-store date. And fandom worldwide just doesn't care. And on DVD this week, well, you know, there really wasn't anything good coming out this week, but the horror movie Mexican Werewolf in Texas sounds promising. And that was this week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort. And now my comic book, Picks of the Week. Now, as I mentioned last week, I've decided to do the whole pick of the week thing here at Just Another Fanboy a little differently. Normally, what I would do is to just ramble off the list of books that I plan on buying this week, but here's the thing. I haven't actually read them yet. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I buy all my books online from DCBS, and I have them shipped to me monthly. For example, I just got December's books last Wednesday on January the 3rd. So here's what I'm going to do. Now that I have all my books for December, I'm going to give you my top three or so picks from the first week of December. Next week, we'll look at the books from the second week of December, and so on. I could even post something up at the boards a week in advance to tell you what books I plan on talking about. That way, if you've also read them and want to chime in with your two cents, you can feel free to email the show or call in. Is that clear? No, not really. Yeah, I didn't quite get that myself. Well, too bad, because here we go. So, counting down, number three this week is New Universal number one. Written by Warren Ellis, art by Salvador La Roca, and published by Marvel Comics. This is not your Spider-Man's Marvel Universe. This is the new universe. Back in the 80s, Marvel launched the New Universe, a universe completely separate from the Marvel U in which all new characters and situations could be created. New Universal is Warren Ellis revisiting, but making it all his own. There really isn't a lot to say about issue one. It's all just set up at this point. We're introduced to Detective John Tenson, who is a vegetable after being shot in the head. We meet Kenneth Connell, who is out for the night with his girlfriend and the sheriff's daughter, Naughty Naughty. And we become slightly acquainted with Izanami Randall, who seems to have a little chip on her shoulder. Or that may have just been the way I read it. Anyway, the sky goes white and all three characters are changed forever. Tenson comes out of his coma and can see the evil in people and is driven to dole out a little justice. Connell wakes in a field where he fell asleep with his girl and finds her burned to a crisp. Her daddy the sheriff sure ain't going to be happy about that one. Oh, and Kenneth seems to have this star brand tattoo on the palm of his hand. As far as Izanami, she wakes in a very odd place indeed. Like I said, not a lot happened in issue one, but I'm still intrigued and the art is just gorgeous. So I am definitely around for the next issue. 
Number two this week is Nightly News Number 2, written and drawn by Jonathan Hickman and published by Image Comics. Basically, what we got here are a bunch of wackos who call themselves the Brotherhood of the Voice, and it's their mission to punish the media and all who are a part of it. There's this great opening scene where the Voice is telling the Brotherhood about their mission, and as no one gets to see the Voice, then the Voice of well, the Voice is recorded on a cassette tape and played back for the Brotherhood. And so in, in one page, we just see this close-up of this cassette tape and word balloons coming out of it. It shows how wacko these people are, because it's like they're worshipping a cassette tape idol. Now, I highly, I highly recommend that you all go out and pick this one up. And that is except for my younger listeners, as this one is pretty full of graphic violence and language, so nobody under 18, please. But other than that, it's it's really good. Number one this week, or, or for the first week of December, is Justice Society of America number one, written by Jeff Johns, art by Dave Eaglesham, published by DC Comics. Now this is, uh, the relaunch of JSA, and I, and I just cannot tell you how much I love this book. You know, I'm not a long time reader of the JSA. I've been reading some of the Jeff Johns backstories by way of trade paperbacks from the library. But this book, it just, it, it just doesn't compete. Uh, ultimately, it's just another setup book as Jay Garrick, the original Flash, Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern, and Ted Grant, aka Wildcat, try to get the band back together. And as they, they're, they're doing it as they're doing it in the current relaunch of JLA, and that's they just basically sit around and decide who they want in. But there's all this, this backstory behind it that's, that's really good dealing with uh, a new version of Mr. America. If anybody's read The Golden Age by, uh, his name escapes me, I think James Robinson, which was an Elseworlds title. And uh, Mr. America, I believe, if I remember correctly, was, a, was, was an evildoer. Actually, I think he was, uh, spoiler, spoiler, Hitler. Anyway, um, he, he's in it, but it's a new version. Uh, what I like about the JSA is that they came before the Justice League. As Batman puts it right here in this very issue, the Justice League is a strike force and the Justice Society is a family. We get introduced to a great gaggle of characters in this book. The Hour Man and his wife, Liberty Bell, uh, who act as if they're still on their honeymoon, which ensues a lot of hilarity. The Cyclone, who's a teen fangirl who just can't stop talking. And the new Starman, who actually lives in a mental hospital and loves Wednesdays, because that's when they serve the Sloppy Joes. Sloppy Joes, Sloppy Sloppy Joes. Yeah, he's got at least three screws loose. The art in the book is great, and the story just plain sucked me in. I also like that it looks like Jeff Johns has, has written the previous JSA for a number of years, and he looks to be on the relaunch for a few more years to come. So I'm quite happy to be on board for the ride. And those were my comic book picks of the week. So let's move on to At the Movies with Gary Indiana. And this week he's going to talk about, well, I'll let him tell you. Take it away, boys. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. 
can hover quietly just outside your house and uses X-ray vision along with his super hearing to spy on ex-girlfriends and their new boyfriends. Well, I guess that means that this week I'm going to be talking about Superman Returns, starring Brandon Routh and directed by Brian Singer. You see, Superman, well, returns after being away from Earth for a few years. It seems that some astronomers had found the area in space where Superman's home planet Krypton was located before it blew up, and Superman had to go up into space and have a look-see. He returns home to find old flame Lois Lane engaged to be wed and a mother to boot. In the meantime, arch-rival Lex Luthor has used Superman's absence to his advantage and has found Superman's fortress of solitude in the Antarctic. He then stole the odd Kryptonian crystals and took them back to Metropolis where he conducts a little experiment by taking a teeny tiny speck of a piece off of one of the crystals and tossing it into some water. The water-soaked crystal causes an EMP pulse that knocks out anything electrical for miles around and gives Clark Kent a reason to put on the supersuit to rescue a jet load of reporters before their big old jet airliner crashes into a professional baseball stadium. Bad goes to worse when Lex hatches a plot to use the crystals to grow land in the ocean that he can sell for oodles and oodles of cash, unless Superman can stop him. Now, I've heard a lot of bad stuff about this flick before I went out and rented it, but I have to say I was pleasantly surprised. Granted, we don't get to see Soup's punch anything, which would have been cool, but I still enjoyed it. The special effects were top-notch, and Brandon Routh seemed to be channeling Christopher Reeves at times. Not all times, cause ain't nobody can do the Reeves like the Reeves himself. But I did feel like I was watching a continuation of the Richard Donner movies. So in closing, if you haven't given Superman Returns a chance because you've heard bad things, well think for yourself and go give this one a try. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thank you. And now for 30 seconds of nonsense. The other day I was out walking through the streets of Laredo wearing a pair of lavender underpants when this squirrel with an overbite scurried up to me proffering a bag of cheese puffs. I wasn't quite sure what to do about the situation as I have never had a rodent offer me cheese-flavored snacks before. I took the calm and measured approach and ate the offered puffs of cheese, all the while trying not to stare directly at the squirrel's massive dental appendages. Oddly enough, I found that I was reminded of the time that Oscar Wilde popped in for a bit of a tongue wag when I was about the age of 73. This was in the old days when my sense of self had developed past. 30 Seconds of Nonsense is brought to you by Gotham City Waste Management, where your trash is their trash. And now for a little peek at what's in Stephen's book bag this week. This week, I have a great book that I'm sure every comic fan on the planet, other than me or those only loyal to the DC Nation, have read before. And that's Marvel Zombies by Robert Kirkman and Sean Phillips. Ha ha ha, this book's awesome. Basically, what we got here is a parallel Earth where Night of the Living Dead has happened, and the superheroes are even turned into zombies. As a matter of fact, since they are superheroes, they can cover more ground and thus have pretty much wiped out the human population and are now facing a life or unlife with no food. 
<laughs> and then Galactus shows up. This, <laughs> I love this book because, well, first of all, it's not for the kids. It's very violent. It's, it's horror-like, but it's, it's very funny at the same time because you've got all these superheroes like Captain America and Spider-Man and Wolverine who are all zombies. But because they're able to eat, they can sustain their intelligence. And, and like I said, they've covered the earth in, in, I guess, hours and just devoured anything that they can get their hands on. And the, the last man to track down the last superhero alive that has not turned into a zombie is Magneto. And the opening of the book is them tracking him down and, and they finally get him and they eat him. And, <laughs> and then, so the Silver Surfer shows up and they say, hey, here's somebody we haven't eaten yet. Let's eat him. And, of course, they try to eat him, but he's the Silver Surfer. And, you know, he's got this hard outer shell. But finally, the Hulk just kind of steps up and, and grabs him by the head and bites his head off. And then they all just start jumping on, you know, because once you've cracked the nut, you can get to the meat inside. So they're all jumping on him and, and eating the Silver Surfer. And as they do, they actually, they actually eat the cosmic power within the Silver Surfer. And so each of these superheroes, Captain America, Iron Man, who's had like his legs torn off, but is, is still managing to fly around. They, they've all now have this little bit of the, the power cosmic. And then, of course, Galactus shows up. Galactus is there to eat the planet full of zombies who have eaten everybody on the planet. And then, so the superheroes are now like, oh my good lord, look at this big honking dude. We could live off this guy for a long time. And so they jump all over Galactus, and there's this big battle, big battle. And using their power cosmic, they, they, uh, they, they, they yeah, they start eating Galactus. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's a great book. It's very funny. It's not for the kids. If you are one of these few people left on Earth who haven't read the Marvel Zombies, I suggest picking up the trade because it's it's very funny. Don't take it seriously. Do not take the book seriously at all. Plus, if you read it, it'll lead into, I believe, what's coming out in March or April, which is a crossover event, Ash, you know, from the Army of Darkness, Ash versus the Marvel Zombies, which, you know, that should be pretty fun. I'm thinking about picking that up, but... That's what's in my book bag this week. So, hmm, I guess that takes us to The View from Norman, Oklahoma, a weekly segment in which our resident bitter old fanboy pisses and moans about the state of the comic book industry or just about anything that generally pisses him off. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman, Oklahoma. said that. Oh, shut up. Sorry. All right. Now, I've spoken of this before, but this week I want to talk again about folks being in such a dang hurry all the time. And I see this more often than not in all these dang commercials they got on the TV clogging up my quality viewing time. 
For example, I don't know if anyone has seen this ad for the Visa check card that shows all these folks in a food joint all lined up and purchasing food and it's and it's all moving like clockwork as everyone goes round and round in this little human machine and the music is going Oh, darn it. I, uh, Gary, you remember you remember how that music? I, no, I, I, don't, I don't remember how that music goes. No, Norman, I, I, I'm afraid I don't recollect how that music well, goes. Well, darn, man, how am I supposed to continue if I don't remember how that song goes? It's it's like something like boom, boom, ba there, some some bird, 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 No, that's the no, that's a Jeopardy. Yeah, that's a Jeopardy thing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a Jeopardy. I don't. Uh, I can't see bird, 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 I don't remember, no. Norman. I'm I'm sorry. Well, ah, oh, well, you know what? Heck, it don't really matter. Fact of the matter is, is you know they're all they're all going around and it's it's working all splendidly and you know until some man has the nerve to pay with cash and everything comes to a grinding halt. First shame, Mister Cash Paying Man. How dare you? How dare you try to pay for your food with cold hard cash? How dare you be the ranch in the cogs? How dare you be the individual and not one of the other lemmings? How dare you, sir? How dare you? Then, of course, there's this jack-a-rump running around with his heartburn medication that he loves because it works so fast. Well, dang, we all like medication that works fast, but he's running around griping about one-hour photo being too long of a wait and ATMs taking up too much of his time. Well, listen up, Flash. There's probably a reason you need the medication. You might want to stop in and see the doc about your stress and that bleeding ulcer I'm sure you have by now. You know, I just wish that all the good people in this great big world of ours would just simply stop and smell the roses once in a while. Well, gotta run. I need to get to the shooting range for the clues. So long. <laughs> Thank you, Norman. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Hypocrisy in action. Well, hey, why don't we do some bloopers? Thing here at just another fanboy. <laughs> that way, if any of you have also read them and want to chime in, chime, chime, shimmy, how you? New Universal is Warren Ellis's revisiting it, but man, Connell wakes in a field where he fell asleep with his, fell asleep with his, fell asleep with his number nine, number nine, this sucks. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember, Gary, I don't, Gary, did I say Gary? I'm, I meant Norman, oh goodness. There's probably a reason you need that medification. Medification? Did I just say medification? Dang! Well, listen up, Flash, there's probably a reason you need the medication. Yeah. Man almighty, Medicaid. Well, that was fun. And that brings another nose-picking episode to a close. So tell me what you think of the show. Send me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. And just speak it, baby. Just speak it. You also have the opportunity to call the Just Another Fanboy voice line at 1-877-309-8367, extension 212. And if you get a busy signal, hang up and try back, because there's a good chance you won't the next time. Mm. The theme song for the show is Comic Book by the Super Spies. Find it and information about the band at garageband.com. The rest of the music from this week's episode comes from the Pod Show Pod Safe Music Network at music.podshow.com. So until next week, I'm Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. There's a lot of bloopers tonight, guys. We, yeah. we need to be on our game next yeah. time. The game? Most of the bloopers were yours. Yeah, that is true, Steven. You, you sure had a lot of bloopers. It, it doesn't matter. We just need to be... It, just... Let's just end the show. Just a guy, just a guy, just a guy, just a guy, just a guy.
Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job. Yeah.